Hello, my name is David Tan, and this is Like the Color. This week, we have Vic Davi, an all-around great guy and an awesome musician. We'll be talking about his recent single, upcoming album, and his humble beginnings. Hi, I'm Vic, and I... Crap, what do I do? <laughs> Hi, I'm Vic, and uh, I'm an artist. I make music. I'm a music artist. So I've made a couple albums in the past, and I'm currently writing some more. I also make music for uh, licensing for film and things like that. So that's what I do. And I've been writing music for as long as I can remember. And let's talk about that newest single that just came out, One in a Million. Yeah. David, did you think it was one in a million? That's the most important thing. I thought it was one in a billion. <laughs> but how did you feel? How did you like yeah. get to that point? Of, yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote that song like, like literally almost a year ago. And I don't know. I was inspired uh, by like this whole past album that I wrote and that I've just recently submitted to Actually, no, there's one more single coming out and then I'm going to do the whole thing. But it's basically there. The whole album is is just so loud and not in the sense of like, like literally loud, but like it's just loud as if to be heard. And I don't know why. Maybe there's some sort of like issue down deep down. But <laughs> this song is is basically, you know, those big hits are just kind of like uh, when you hit like the chorus, there's like a build up to it. It's an electronic you know, the genre is electronic, uh, but it, it just, it satisfies something in me to be really, really loud in a world of music where everybody is trying to be heard. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a fun song to write. It's definitely like dance and got that electronic pop feel to it. But I wrote it like over almost a year ago. And then I revised it like a bunch of times before I actually sent it out. So yeah, it's all you. Yeah. yeah, you mean like the writing of it and everything? Yeah, the yeah, writing, the, the uh, production, like all of it. Yeah, yeah, I did something new with this album. Like I've always written my stuff and recorded it. I've engineered it and then mixed it because I feel, I feel like I just learned how to mix. I'm, just, I'm an idiot. This album, and I haven't told really anybody yet, but I've, I mastered this one for, this was the first one I've ever mastered. Wow. So we'll see. Yeah. And you said you did well. I think you did well on one a million. In a Thanks, million. man. I I don't know. <laughs> like I, I'm totally going by like what people are saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think people would be like, "Hey, it's trash," but they might. And I would take that with a grain of salt because I feel like you got to learn at some point, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about like criticism? You know. Like yeah. That is. I feel like for me, even when people ask me for like criticism. It's like hard to criticize. I don't know if you're the same way when you're being asked to. And then I think I take criticism okay in my art. I don't know if you're the yeah. same. I feel like like people, if I'm honest, even maybe it's the people that I surround myself with or people are just generally really nice. Mm-hmm. Or my stuff is literally that good that it doesn't deserve any. No, I'm just kidding. That is not it. But I don't get a lot of criticism unless I ask the people 
that I are really close to me and I respect and I ask them outright and say like, Hey, look, be honest, tell me. But most of the people are just like, they're just really kind and they just share really kind words about the stuff. If it was really, really bad, I think people wouldn't, they just wouldn't speak up or listen to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I've genuinely, I, I, of all the stuff I've ever put out there, there's never been like a hater, at least yet. Hopefully the bigger I get, like, I think when you get your first hater, then you know, okay, you're doing- making progress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 10-ish years ago, I actually saw you for the first time. I didn't meet you, all right? Are you serious? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, we were in like the stadium at this convention, not stadium, but a build- big building, and you were playing guitar, right? And I remember seeing it, and I'm like, wow, that's so cool. This kid has it on his, his lap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I actually just saw a video of you playing, and I'm like, it's kind of, kind of nasty. How do you feel like seeing those videos? I know when I see pictures I've taken or things along that line, like years ago, and I'm like, oh, this could have been better. This could have been better. You know, like, are you the same way? I know you've transitioned a little into more electronic. A little. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But yeah. Do you think, yeah, look back and what do you think? Yeah. I mean that, that old stuff, it was like my whole musical progression, no pun intended, but I am a dad now. So there's that, but the progression of me making music has always been doing the most with what I have Mm -hmm. because I can't, do anything else like I'm so excited with whatever I have to just like make as much as I can and back then I had no money I was recording on my mom's her Mac I was the white one I forget which one that was but like I didn't even have an interface I was just using the internal microphone for like all that stuff and it was like the music was good because I spent so many hours like on just the guitar just the acoustic guitar I didn't have anything else beside that and over the years, that's changed. I've got, I got more, I invested more and I saw a bigger return. So now it's, I feel, I feel like I have all these toys and these things that it's too much. I don't have enough time. Now my issue is like <laughs> yeah. time, but honestly, I wouldn't take back when I look back at that kind of stuff, like the really old stuff where I was basically a kid with an Afro, just being an idiot, slapping the guitar. Like it's like, it's nothing. Yeah. Like I'm not. I wouldn't take back any of that stuff, even though I learned a lot since then, like musically, because I feel like I was just doing the most that I could with what I had. Yeah. And I don't know if I can say the same now, because I have, I feel like I have too much, you know? Did you do, sorry, did you do lessons? Like how? I didn't. How you, how you learn? Yeah, I, I didn't do lessons. I did, I didn't do guitar lessons. I did violin lessons for like a month. Mm-hmm. And my teacher called me a pig. She was this, this really stern Russian woman. And she was like, you're like, I can't do a Russian accent. But you're like pig, you all over the neck. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I think she meant like, I'm not refined. And I'm like, ah, okay. Like, you know, just like sloppy all over the neck. Yeah. And so I dropped that because I was personally offended. 
And then I did bass lessons for like maybe like a couple months. I don't know, like two months. Like upright? And I didn't want to read music. Upright bass or? No, the electric. Okay. Electric bass, yeah. They, my parents got me that. That was my first like real instrument that I started to learn. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to learn the notes, like notation. So we stopped that. My sister used to play. And so I just borrowed her guitar constantly because it was always out in the living room. And I would just like how I genuinely learned all of those techniques and things was like watching YouTube videos, sitting on the floor and trying to learn songs that were way more complicated than I should have been learning, but trying, you know. So YouTube back then, like compared to wow, like, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. So YouTube in the dinosaur ages. <laughs> you were killing it ten years ago, uh, <laughs> right? So it must have been more than ten years ago. Yeah, you started started this up. So like, yeah, this was in the beginning of YouTube, right? What? Beginning. Yeah, it was in its in its prime beginning years for sure, like. I don't remember. Andy McKee was like the big fingerstyle yeah. guitarist. Yeah. You know him? Yeah, of course I know him. He has like oh, that's great. Yeah, acoustic, very, very yeah, I know him. Very percussive. I remember the first time I watched him, I was like, like th- I want to be you. Like that is incredible. And also Trevor Hall. Before I even like I, Trevor Hall was my camp counselor, but then he got like a deal with Candy Rat, and he became like another mm-hmm. Andy McKee, but way different. I used to watch both of their like videos to just whatever candy rap put out. And I would just try and, you know, those moments that really stuck with you when you're listening and you're like, wow, that's literally changing who I am. I tried to learn that stuff until I got it. And then eventually I would write stuff that just sounded similar. Cause I learned the techniques, you know, you would see them like playing and then you would just, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like people like some people understand mechanically the way an instrument works like better than others. And I'm not saying that that was like more so me, but some people have like a knack for like just getting it, you know, and if you get it, then you can learn it faster. And also like during that time, you're like refining your ear and you're constantly like Mm -hmm. learning more how to learn by just your ear instead of reading. So I feel like everything was kind of in my favor. I was just like. I had the time, I had the the computer and the guitar, and there I was. Did you learn how to read? Not until college. Okay. Yeah, which is hilarious. (laughs) You got in, did you have a scholarship? I did, yeah. Yeah. For music. Yeah. yeah. And you from read music. Yeah, it was, I think they were investing in the skill, and they they knew that they could refine it. Yeah. And so, and they did, which is cool, but yeah, it was something else for sure. Yeah. So another video I saw was on Instagram. This one's more recent and it's you and Tim doing Tim Pollock. You guys doing, do you want to build, build a snowman? <laughs> and like, I, both of you guys could sing. Like, yeah. Well, if you want to call what I do singing, then yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't sing, and I was kind of like that. But <laughs> my hand-cranked music box, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That was Tim. That was, oh, man. That's yeah. so good. 
all of it sounded good. Yeah. How did how does it feel to collaborate? Because both of you guys have kids. Or mm. does he only have only he has, has two now. He had one when we made that, but yeah, he snatched another one up, so there we go. How does making music like for that demographic, especially one like so close to your heart, like how does that change the art and like making the art? Does it at all? Like what demographic? Like your kid. Well, I'll tell you. There's, there's, I wrote a song for my kid before we had her. And that was like a way different emotional reason and motive and all that stuff. If I'm honest, when we did Do You Want to Build a Snowman, we were just like, we should do Do You Want to Build a Snowman. <laughs> just like, did it? Yeah, it was like, there was, it wasn't even for the kids. It was just like, it was really Tim. Like, yeah, Tim was like the, he was the main guy who was like, I have this idea. He sent me the piano part and then I kind of like sculpted it and, tur- and made like the format, like kind of the flow of everything, added all the little stuff, sent it back and forth a couple of times. And it, it really didn't take as long as it sounds like it took. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just worked out that way. So felt, that was less you know, on the emotional side. Big. You know what I mean? Like, or it felt big. Early. Like musically, it felt yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like everything I try to make. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's huge. How do you get? How did you get there? Like growing up, like what were your inspirations to start doing like mm. that kind of music? You know, like big and um, electronic and yeah, wide. You know, I think honestly. Uh, this might be silly, but I really feel like it all goes back to what I said in the beginning, which is like, I literally have thousands of instruments at my fingertips now, whereas before it was like, I only have this guitar and whatever I can do on this guitar, like, that's what I want to do. I want to do the most outlandish thing because it's like cool. And it's, this this is the box that I'm living in right now. But, but now it's simply the fact that there's so much when you buy a program like Omnisphere or I have another program like a more cinematic strings and percussions called Albion. All those programs are just full of incredible sounds that spark like inspiration when you just hear a sound. Right. Like for me, I hear a sound and it brings me back to a song I heard or a moment in, in a movie where it's like, I can easily recreate my own version of that and put it with something else or like, you know, some other ideas. So I, I feel like, the way the reason I sound the way I do right now is not just like who I listen to, which I think is a big portion of it, but it's also just the fact that I have thousands of instruments that aren't really real, but are like yeah. way more, you know, inspirational than just the guitar. Cool. So uh, people you listen to, you said. Yeah. That impacts what you create. So, like, who are you listening to now? You know? I like to tell people that I'm a narcissist and I only listen to myself, which is not entirely false. I do listen to myself a lot because I want to get better. But I actually don't listen to people in the genre that I write. 
I don't know why, <laughs> but I don't, I don't listen to like electronic artists often besides like Josh Lee. Like I listen to him because he's great, yeah. uh, but he writes all kinds of music. He writes like ambient singer songwriter stuff, but I listen to a lot of sincere singer songwriter folky, like Bonnie Vare. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. There's like Havdi, Matt Kalapooch pointed me out to them. Uh, BBO, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, I don't know already, but yeah, just like really like, yeah, like just, I don't know, sincere singer songwriter, simple kind of stuff and stuff that's just like fun and happy. I think honestly, it's a, whatever has a good melody is what I want to listen to because that's, that's what sticks with you. Sufjan. No Sufjan. Yeah, but I don't listen to him, yeah. and I don't know why I can't get on the the Sufjan train. Yeah, I feel like he's sad. Like Bonavere is in the middle, you know. Like some of his Bonavere's just weird. Yeah, he doesn't even know what he's saying. <laughs> the new stuff is definitely something else. But you were talking about uh, writing this song for your daughter. Oh yeah, we could talk about that for a second. What song? Yeah. I have yeah. it. Yes. What? What? Is it little one? <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, those lyrics got me. Oh man, <laughs> I don't have a kid, like, but like, you know, when you're reading something or like listening to something, and you're like, yeah, I feel like what they're. I can feel what they're feeling maybe not a hundred percent yeah but like you still have that connection you know like when you watch lion king and like mufasa dies you know like <laughs> you know but yeah on a level, <laughs> yeah. yeah i really appreciate that connection <laughs> yeah so little one was your mufasa is essentially what you're kind of getting at no, it was nicer than that. It was like, I don't know. No, no, I totally get it. Yeah. That's like the, that, I don't know, I can't speak for other musicians, but like, even in my electronic stuff, the stuff that doesn't have lyrics, if people can relate in any way, even if it's like, it makes them angry, not like at me, but like if it, if it musters up some sort of emotion, like I've, I see that as a win because yeah. emotion is like, I don't know. That's how we make memories. That's what we, that we recall from emotion and we like plan our future based on our emotions, based on our experience. So if you can tap into someone's emotion through like beeps and boops, like that's incredible. Yeah. But lyrics are a whole nother. I mean, we all speak the language. So, so yeah, little one was in preparation for my daughter, Sayla. We didn't know it was going to be coming and it was just excitement. And we didn't even know that she was a girl yet. We just, you know, so I wrote the song and, and then, uh, yeah, and now she's here, and it's great. <laughs> Adorable. So that's pretty much all I got. You can find you on Artless, right, and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, if people, I don't know, whoever's watching this or whatnot, if you guys are, like, cinematographers or you do film or stuff and you subscribe to Artless, I'm on there, which is cool. Um, I'm also on Spotify, Vic Davi, and I'm coming out with an album 
like you just mentioned, uh, it's about 11 songs, which is crazy exciting. And uh, I'm releasing one on June 19th. It's called Walk Tall, but we already did. We talked about One in a Million, which just came out. But yeah, very exciting. Cool, cool. Thank you so much, Vic, for your time. Hopefully people hear your story and are motivated to be more creative and just do more with what they have, you know? Yeah. Like, see the, especially in today's, like, technology, like, we're in quarantine right now, and I'm starting this up, you know? I think it's just crazy that you could be in your room and make a whole album. You could be in your room and just pretty much have the whole world, you know? Like at your fingertips. Yeah. I I feel like if there's anybody that's listening to this, just before we chop it, there's anybody that is listening to this and they don't have that stuff, because that's like the biggest, you know, roadblock for most people. It's like, I just don't have the stuff and I would, but I can't or whatever. That is so not true because it's never been more accessible to get stuff for free. There's so many free samples and plugins and you could buy cheap stuff. You could get a guitar and, and get like a cheap mic and make a great piece of work and put it out there and people like love it, you know? So you don't, that, that's a big misconception that we don't really talk about, but I feel like people need to know that, that you don't need all of the fancy stuff. The fancy stuff takes you to the next level, but in terms of being inspired and creative and just literally like making, work with what you have, you know? <laughs> And, and you'll make something and, and you'll build off of that over the coming years. Hope you all enjoyed today's podcast with our guest, Vic Davi. All links are in the show notes if you'd like to follow him or find some new music for your next project. Thank you so much to Vic Davi, Brenton Wainscott, and the band Jaden for the music that you've heard throughout today's episode. If you'd like to hear more from them, their links are in the show notes. Thank you guys so much. My name is David Tan, and this is Like the Color.